hands are an ever-present agent of skill. They aid us in our work and play. They protect us. They reflect our emotions. We speak mounds of words through our gestures. Yes, hands are an important part of what we do and who we are. No wonder the word hand is used over 1,600 times in the scriptures. Today on Grace Notes, Barbara Sandbeck will look at a powerful use of the word hand. Besides its literal use, the word hand figuratively stands for many things in Scripture. In Old Testament times, a solemn oath was solidified by placing one's hand under another's thigh. Fathers would often place their hand on their son's head to bestow a blessing. Jesus used his hands in significant ways as he walked among men. He blessed the children. He touched people when he healed them, even lepers. Oh, how they must have enjoyed the comfort of his touch. His hands were truly an instrument of blessing. The use of the word hand in Scripture often denotes power. In Isaiah 23:11, we read, The Lord has stretched out His hand over the sea and made its kingdoms tremble. And in Isaiah 41:10, God says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That same meaning for the word hand was used by King David in Psalm 22:16b. He wrote, They have pierced my hands and my feet. David's illusion was a foreshadowing of Christ being nailed to the cross. Jesus' hands were pierced, rendering him unable to defend himself against his executioners, humanly speaking. But Jesus voluntarily allowed his power to be subdued while he paid the penalty for our sins in his body. Isaiah 53, 5 and 6 says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. In Old Testament times, people would place their hands on the animal to be sacrificed to symbolize the transference of sin. In doing this, they saw clearly that the animal was dying in their place for their sin. Its blood was the cleansing agent that temporarily removed sin because blood represented the life of the animal. The blessing of forgiveness flowed as a result. Well, God placed our sin on His Son, Jesus. Jesus shed His cleansing, spotless blood and died as our substitute. It should have been our hands that were pierced on that cross, but only His hands, His feet, His side, His life could provide what is needed for our salvation. In death, the opened, wounded hands once used to comfort, heal, and bless on earth, became an instrument of eternal blessing for all who believe. May we never forget the price Jesus paid for us. Father, forgive them, I heard you faintly say. Still in my heart I feel so guilty. Fallen and sinful life, I was the 
was no perfect man. He committed adultery, he lied, he even murdered. Yet he wrote in Psalm 32, 5, I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Did you get it? It wasn't just the sin Jesus died for, it was the guilt as well. We need to accept the forgiveness for the guilt Jesus offers too. Maybe you think your sin is too great for God to forgive. The Apostle Paul must have felt that way, but he received forgiveness and wrote these assuring words for us in Romans 8, 1 through 3. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His Son in the likeness of sinful men to be a sin offering, so that He condemned sin in sinful man. If you're living with guilt, turn it over to Jesus. There's nothing you've done that He can't forgive. Listen to this message just for you. There is a mother crying tonight. All she can do is grieve. Cause over and over the question comes, how could I have been so deceived? And she feels a wall as she cries to the Lord again. And says the maker of this life I have taken will never forgive me for this sin. But I long to tell her she needs to know, she needs to understand. This life is not the first life she's taken, there's other blood on her head. Father in heaven had an innocent son Nailed blameless to the cross And her sin was among the reasons That his life was lost But there is good
pray you've been blessed by this program? If so, why not write and tell us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Boston, Maryland, 21047. Or visit us at our website at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise. <laughs>